Today on Bible Conversations, we're going to be talking with Jeff Jenkins about his greatest joy. Welcome back to another episode of Bible Conversations. We're excited to get going here. Um, we've got a great brother on today, Jeff Jenkins. Um, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself uh, to everyone. Thank you, Dylan and Chris. I'm delighted to be with you guys. Thank you all for what you all do. Uh, my name is Jeff Jenkins. I've been working with the Louisville Church for the past 17 years, and we have a great relationship with the Keller Church. I always have, and we love that relationship that we have. And I'm thankful to get to spend some time with y'all this afternoon. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited about it as well. Um, you know, I've I don't know, I've, I've I don't know that I've ever actually heard uh, a sermon from you, uh, so I'm really excited about tonight because you're getting to preach. But I have it's not I have too late to repent. Yeah, I will. Well, I, I will be repenting tonight. Um, but uh, but no, I mean I I've heard only good things about about you and and just the the few times that we've gotten to sit down and talk and have even brief conversations have have just been encouraging and um so i'm excited to hear hear what your greatest joy in ministry is um that uh that's something that i i don't know i always enjoy sitting at the feet of men who have gone before me and have experience and and know what they're talking about and just listening to the wisdom that that comes from them yeah well this is a a really cool conversation for me too because I remember growing up in, in high school attending preacher training camp uh, that y'all put on at Louisville there, and so um, it's, it's kind of cool going from from the the pupil to I wouldn't call myself your peer, but I, I feel like I'm on my way there at least. Well, I, I'd call you my peer, and Chris, that was a very kind way to say you like to talk to old preachers. <laughs> that was very, I thought that was very kind. Of <laughs> Thank you. So, so, uh, so my greatest joy, Dylan. Uh, talked to me the other day about this and he was saying I'd like for you to talk about some of your greatest joys in ministry and there, there are really two things that come to my mind and, and we can talk extensively about these if y'all want to but one is number one just the opportunity uh, to, to preach the word of God mm. I, I believe it's the greatest uh, blessing in the world to get to tell people the gospel of Christ the good news to, to be able to share what we've learned with as many people as we possibly can and so every time uh, I have some friends that say, well, I only speak at certain times and, and I will only preach at home and I won't go other places. And I, I can't kind of fathom that kind of mindset, you know, because every time I get a chance to preach the word, I'm, I'm thankful for that. So that's that's number one, probably. And number two, related to that is seeing how when the gospel is preached the way it should, how it impacts people's lives and how it really changes people's lives because this gospel that we, we proclaim is a life-changing gospel. And... I've seen in 43 years of preaching, uh, I've seen people whose lives have been dramatically altered. I mean, they went from being what we would call the worst to the best, you know. Yeah. They, their, their lives have been changed dramatically. Yeah. Couldn't be completely lost to being safe. Yeah, I have a, a good friend. His name is Terry, and we're very close. And uh, I met Terry, when I first met Terry, he was, he was just beginning to kind of come out of the world a little bit. His wife had been a Christian for 40 years, and she kept going to church, and he never would. He was he was in a motorcycle gang, and he was he told me more than once, I, I don't know how the Lord let me live, and or how He kept me from killing somebody. He was he was a bad dude, you know. He was he was very rough, and when he became a Christian, it was like 
a light bulb came on and changed his life completely. And, and today he's just the most gentle, kind man. Um, it's, it's just amazing to see what the gospel does to people's lives. Mm-hmm. I like that. It is the power to save. Absolutely. I, I kind of want to go back to your, your first sure. joy there is uh, preaching the word. Uh, I mean, it's as simple as that. Is it, It's such a joy to preach the word. And um, I don't have a whole lot of opportunities. I mean, Keller blesses us so much by letting Chris and myself and, uh, and Dan, the other minister here, uh, rotate on Sunday nights. Uh, we each get one sermon, one Sunday night a, a month, and um, we can always petition for more. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't always mean that we get more, but we can always petition for more. Yeah, but but those opportunities. I mean, I, I'm I'm right in line with what you're saying. It's such a blessing. It's such a a joy to proclaim from the Word. This is what the Lord says. You know, God has said to us that that he has placed his word in earthen vessels. Mm-hmm. So that's one, one passage that comes to my mind. We're, we're just, we're clay vessels. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing good about us apart from Jesus. There's nothing worthy. We don't, we're not worthy to be able to do what we do, uh, but, but God chooses to use pe- people to proclaim his word. And the second thing is he says in Isaiah, his word will not return in the void or it will accomplish the purpose that he has in mind. And so to think that, what we're preaching, if we're doing it right, is we're not preaching our own philosophies or our own ideas or our own thoughts. We're preaching the Word of God, the, the very words of God. It just blows my mind to think that, that we have this book in front of us that came from God, that was delivered through men, and, and He has uh, allowed us the opportunity to speak His Word. Uh, that phrase, the word of the Lord is found hundreds of times in the Bible, and we never have a right to kind of give our own word. We ought to always give the word of the Lord. So, so what a what a tremendous joy and blessing that is. It's a what's uh, the word I'm looking for? Oh, man, getting to preach, as you're talking about, right, is is a burden, but in a good way. Uh, when we understand what it is that we're preaching what it is that we're proclaiming you know we we go out it's a very high responsibility right and we go out and we you know we we tell people uh so for instance kids may may go to their brother and say hey mom told me to tell you you know you need to do this well there's a certain weight that comes with that right like this is mom saying this right well man we've been told by god the creator of the universe the creator of all things that we are to go and proclaim his word and that holds some weight. That holds some gravity. And, and it reminds me of, uh, of Romans chapter 10. Uh, really, the, as we preach, right, how, how, are, how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he heard, has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. If we don't preach, as you were talking about earlier, right? You have you have you have some people who who only preach in certain places and at certain times and in certain areas and on certain days of the year when the moon is, you know. Um, well, how are people going to hear if we don't preach? And how are they going to believe if they don't hear? And how are they going to repent if they don't believe? And how are they going to be saved if they don't repent? And like it just it it's so important, I think, for us to understand the gravity of what we have. Yeah, so, Chris, I want to comment on your thought about uh, it being a burden. The burden is 
that we proclaim the word of God and people don't always turn to God like we would hope that they would. Yes. And so we kind of take that on ourselves. And, yeah. and we go through tough times in our life. We go through, you know, various trials and crises, moments in our life and family issues and job issues and all those things. And we think, you know, is this worth it? Is what I'm doing worth this? And I'm always reminded of Jeremiah back in Jeremiah chapter 20 when they arrested him for preaching and they put his hands and his feet in stocks and put him in the middle of the city square. And he said, I was made of derision all the day long. I was a laughing stock. He said, I thought about quitting, but there was a fire burning in my bones and I was weary um, with the old King James Bible. So I was weary with forbearance and I could not quit. <laughs> and so until any preacher has a fire in his bones, the way it should be, he, he may, there'd be times if we're all honest that we've thought about is, is what I'm doing worth it? Is what I'm doing any good? Am I, am I accomplishing anything? But if we've got this fire in our bones, we won't be able to quit. Yeah. And we won't be able to quit talking. We won't be able to quit telling people about it. And we won't be able to quit preaching. And so yeah. uh, that's the burden part of that. Yeah. And what we need to do, those of us who are preaching, is to make sure that we do just exactly what the Lord told us to do. First Peter 5, cast all your cares on him. Yeah. We, we need to give our burdens to him. And you know, let him handle it. I, I had an old preacher tell me one time, he said, I used to stay up and worry all night long. And he said, then I figured out that God is going to be up all night anyway, so I just gave him my worries. <laughs> I think you know, there's something about, about the burdens that we bear. If we can give them to the Lord, it'll make our lives a lot uh, better, a lot easier. We talk all the time about bearing one another's burdens. Um, may, may or may not be my favorite verse. <laughs> but you bring up a good point that... Um, we shouldn't solely rely on, on others, on other people, but, but cast our burdens on the Lord. Uh, re- rely on Him. Lean on Him. Um, and, I mean, the, that's where you find the true joy. I mean, that's kind of what today's topic is about, is, is where have you found joy in, in your ministry? Uh, Chris and I, I we're going to share a little bit about where we found joy in, yeah. in our short time of ministry. But, <laughs> during, um, during the pandemic. During the pandemic. <laughs> um, but, but that's that's where, again, we, we all find joy is by relying on the Lord because it makes things so much easier. Uh, yeah. So I, I do have a question for you sure. with regards to preaching. Um, so... I was baptized in 2013, and my understanding of God, my understanding of baptism, my understanding of being a Christian have, have changed. Not that what I thought previously was necessarily wrong, but they have developed in such a way that I, I think in a, I think a more broad sense or a more narrow, I don't know. I, I think you understand what I'm trying to yeah. say. With regards to preaching, have you adjusted your viewpoint of certain things over the years in, in that what you preached when you were 20? Um, um, uh, I, I talk about that a lot at Louisville <laughs> because I feel like, a, you know, they say confession is good for the soul. You know, so <laughs> when, I was, when I was first started preaching, I graduated from Free Hardman University in 1981. And I had been preaching for churches during my school years, but my first what we call real, you know, full-time job uh, started a week after I graduated from college in a church of about 67 people. And, you know, my, I thought my I was on fire and had all these dreams and all these goals, and we're going to go in there and we're going to explode this church and build a big church. And, and I, you know, I tried to tell people what they needed to do to fix their lives and, and uh, everything that was wrong with their lives. 
And over the course of time, somewhere along the way, I, I don't know, I can't pinpoint and tell you, you know, some kind of mysterious, you know, awakening or something, enlightening period. But at some point along the way, I got to thinking, I, I'm not talking enough about what our purpose in this life is. And I've come to believe that Christian, the purpose of every Christian is the same, and that is to glorify God. That's why we're here. That is our purpose. Now, I used to talk a lot about our mission, and I believe our mission is to go out and reach the lost. That's our mission. But our purpose, our individual purpose, is to glorify God. And so at some point, I made up my mind, I'm going to live the rest of my preaching life, ever how long that is, telling people they need to live a life that glorifies God and helping, hopefully, equip them to be able to do that. And so, yeah, I'd say I'd say it changed drastically over the course of time. And I don't, there's times I regret that I didn't do that a lot earlier. Yeah. But I marked that up to what you said just a minute ago, Chris. That is that that you you change because you do what the Bible tells you to do. You mature. Yeah. I mean, I was a young, green preacher that thought I knew everything because I'd just gotten a degree from Freedom Army University. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dylan, and so I thought, you know, I'm ready to change the world. Yeah, I, I feel like you're talking to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I'm talking to me right now, my younger self. But uh, so, so what I thought was, um, you know, all that was good and fine. Um, but the mission, I talked a lot about the mission, but not a lot about our purpose. And I, I believe our goal should be to help people to understand what that purpose is and then to try to equip them to live out that purpose. And and that's not easy because that doesn't align with our human thinking a lot of yeah. times. That we've got to get that spiritual maturity you're talking about yeah. to be able to do that. I, I really love that distinction that you know, our mission is to spread the word. But our purpose is to glorify God. I, I really love that distinction. Yeah. Um, I, 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 and like I said, I... I used to didn't know that or didn't think that way in somewhere, but I'm convinced that that is really the key to to the way we the way that we uh, feel about the church, the way that we feel about other Christians, you know, um, and maybe even how we feel about the world. Um, yeah, how we feel about the world and, and how we feel about God. Yeah, and because if if all I think about is my mission, I'm here to change the world, and I'm here to convert as many people as I can. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs with that. Oh, yeah. But if I can get to a place where I say, okay, that's not my purpose in life. That's that's part of my mission, but my purpose is to glorify God. And if I can focus on that, I think it'll drive a lot of the right kind of decisions and the right kind of living. I think the idea of changing the world is, geez, how do I phrase this? Um, it's not a bad one. But when we put it on ourselves to change the world, I think we fall short of who's really in charge. Yeah, yeah. We should be, you know, if we're going to change the world, it's, well, I'm going to allow God to change the world through me. Um, but we, but that's what we do, though, I mean, yeah. especially when we're younger, I yeah. think, you know, because like you say, you know, I've got this college degree. I know all of this stuff. I learned <laughs> Greek language. I know the Bible. And, and uh, I've been educated by smart by, by Gamaliel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so we think, you know, and I think every young person, all of us, whatever field we're in, you know, we think we're here to change the world. Well, yeah. that's really not what we're here for. We're not here <laughs> to change the world. And, and like you said, if, 
if the world is going to be changed, the Lord is going to do it, and He can use us if He wants to. Yeah. But that's not my purpose. My purpose is to. Glorify if God. you're if you're realizing your purpose is to glorify God, yeah. and God wants to change the world, He's going to use you to do so. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I like that. Well, um, Chris, I want to ask you. Um, no, can't ask me anything. About I want to. I want to know what, what's been your greatest joy in your time of ministry. Oh man! So, so I started ministry part time mm-hmm. when I was, man, when I was still in college, getting my getting my master's degree at Southeastern. I had to think back there for a second. So, um, started as a part time college aide. Essentially, so I was helping uh, Jared Hyatt, who we've had that on the show before, um, just kind of help run some of the events at the Bible Center, uh, and that was um, that was so much fun. Uh, it was just a wonderful time in my life because I was was coaching tennis uh, collegiately. I was uh, helping out with the Bible Center and the church there in Durant, and uh, it was just uh, just, a, just an awesome time. I came back to Keller, and I petitioned the elders here to essentially give me a part-time job working with the college group here. Uh, and I was, I, w- I would have done what I was going to do regardless. Um, but I did petition for a job and they said, okay, chores. And over time I ended up getting the, the, the ministry job, the family ministry job that I currently have here. Through all of that, I would say that right now my greatest joy is being able to do it with my wife. Being able to minister to these kids, it's going to make me tear up. You do that to me. Um, being able to minister to these kids as well as the parents and the families and everybody here with Alyssa right beside me, uh, with her cheering me on. And, you know, I'll go home sometimes frustrated because something didn't go right or something has happened. And and she's right there and she's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like get them. And then we'll talk about it and be like, hey, it's okay. Like, well, we're going to get through this. You know, here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're gonna solve this. And you know, I come away from it happy, you know, and. Um, come home just to celebrate something. Man, somebody wants to be baptized. Yeah, let's go. Like it's just exciting and it's awesome. And um, told you I was gonna cry, meanie. Um, but getting to minister with someone who has a heart like Alyssa does on a day in day out basis, I'm so grateful for it. I mean, just today, I, I so we've got a lock in tonight, and uh, I'm gonna be up until seven a.m. Um, and so I, I took a couple hours out of the office today to go home and take a nap. I got one hour in for a nap, so it's going to be rough tonight, but, um, but I went to Walmart and I bought all the sorts of stuff for some nachos and, uh, just for, for drinks and stuff. And, and I get home and she's like, all right, I'm going to start cooking the, I'm going to start cooking the beef. Like she's working a full-time job at this point, right? I'm gonna start cooking the beef. I'll get the queso ready. I'll, I'll do all this, bring it up to the church and, uh, we'll, we'll have it all ready together. And she let me go sleep while she's doing stuff for, for the church. We've got a thing coming up Saturday. And literally while I was taking a nap, she put together a scavenger hunt for the kids on Saturday. I, and I wake up and she goes, is your brain ready to handle this? I said, yeah, but I got to leave soon. <laughs> and so she told me about it. And it's, it's just amazing. And so my greatest joy right now uh, is, is being able to do this with Alyssa because it's could I do this on my own? Yes, I could. Would not be nearly as effective. It would not be nearly as gracious. It would not be nearly as kind. It would not be nearly as uh, studied. I would not be nearly 
the man that I am right now without her. And I think having her by my side has just been the best thing. So, all right, I got to stop talking. <laughs> so let me just say, it's, it's thrilling to hear you talk about that because um, if you have a wife that is supportive of your work and realizes that she's a part of the team and wants to work with you, you'll get through a world of things that will come up in your ministry that you would not get through without her. My wife and my wife passed away two years ago and, and we were together for 40 years in ministry. And I, I can easily say that I'm not sure I could have done what I did over the past 40 years without her. And I know that it would not have been as uh, beneficial to the kingdom without her. And I don't, I know there's some guys that don't have the benefit of having a wife who is very, who is real supportive and, and encouraging. But if you have that, what a tremendous blessing. And if you, if you're, you and Alyssa are able to continue to do that, y'all will bless a lot of people's lives over the next 50 years or more, I hope. And, and your life and ministry, wherever that takes you, will be so much uh, more pleasant for it. Um, well, I guess it's my turn now. <laughs> do we do we need to ask you or no? You... I, I'll go ahead and, and tell y'all. So, okay, Dylan, I've been wanting to ask you. What's your greatest joy? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for mine, I need to give a little backstory. Um, uh, Jeff and I were talking about this before um, before you got here, Chris. Before we started recording, yeah. Um, about the amazing connections that we have in the church. Um, one of the ones that we were just talking about was uh, the. Uh, a, a lady who's over in Jackson, Tennessee, worships with the North Jackson Church of Christ, and um, she is, if not the main reason, one of the biggest reasons that that both me and my brother and sister all decided to go to Freed Hardman for school, and um, and she had a friend at the congregation where we grew up, all the way over here in Texas, and this this lady at the congregation where we grew up, she knew my family so well. She loved me and my, lo- still loves, she's still around me and my brother and sister and, and um, talking with her friend all the way in Tennessee. Well, these kids need to go to a good school somewhere when they graduate. <laughs> and, and, um, and they made the connection, encouraged us to go to Freed Hardman, even supported financially. Um, and it's examples like that, that is my greatest joy. When I can travel all the way from Florida to California to up in the New England area to Montana to down here in Texas and be able to fellowship with brothers and sisters, be able to have connections to legitimate family members, not just um, people who you're blood related to, but they are my family members because they're my brothers and sisters in Christ. That is, I mean, that's... <laughs> it's the kind of thing that it just makes my jaw drop and it kind of leaves me speechless for a few minutes. And, and it truly brings me joy when yeah. I see those kind of connections. And, and I've already seen so many, I mean, I've been here at Keller for a year and a half now mm-hmm. and there have been already so many connections and I'm like, God is great. Yeah. <laughs> His family is the best family. Yeah. And Chris, I know this is another thing that makes you cry, but your favorite song is God's family. Yeah. Don't we're, start. We're, I'm, I'm already part of the family. That's been born again. <laughs> that is, that is my greatest joy yeah. is that we're part of a family that's been born again. And yeah. 
you can go anywhere in the world and have family members around you. So to, to tag off of that, so the three of us in here all know an individual that we talked about just a little bit ago. He's actually been on the podcast before during our uh, fundraising episode, John Curtis. Uh, so he was on the on the podcast, and uh, you know, as, as I came in today, Jeff goes, "Hey, do you you know Durant?" Because I was talking about where I went to school and everything. Do you know John Curtis? Was he there? <laughs> yes, I know John. <laughs> he he performed Alyssa and I's wedding. Uh, very very special man to us. And uh, Dylan, your dad now works with John Curtis, um, and I just I think that's. To, to your point, anywhere you go, you will find people who know people who you know in the church. And um, and it is a small world, but it, it is, it's so encouraging to, to see. I've got a couple stories about that, but I'll, I'll, I know you want to say something. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm enjoying listening. Yeah. I think you're getting all emotional, though, because you're tearing up about your excitement over this lock-in tonight. That's, you know, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> well, you know, the, the phrase is always used, it's a small world. My, my grandpa would always say, uh, it's a great church. Yeah. He he had this way of correcting people without them feeling like they were being corrected. But but he would tell them it's a great church, and uh, that's truly what it is. It's yeah. a great church. And um, while I'm talking about my grandpa, I wanted to bring up a verse that he would always reference it as far as his favorite Bible verse. He would share this with people whenever he had the chance to. But it's um, uh, it's John chapter three. Um, and I gotta find it here. Or sorry, not John chapter three. Third John. Third John. <laughs> um, and well, I don't know where it went. I'm well, you, looking through it. You've only got 15 verses there, so you'll find it soon. Oh, it's it's verse four. I skipped right over it. There it is. <laughs> Third John verse four. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Um, hey, he would use that all the time about yeah. uh, not only my mom and her siblings, his actual children, but, but me and my cousins, his grandchildren, um, that that was his greatest joy yeah. throughout his life is that when his children walk in the truth, his grandchildren walk in the truth, that's, that's what brings him joy. And so uh, throughout everything that we mentioned, there are so many things that, that bring us joy. Even even if there's just one thing that, that we spotlight is, is that's my greatest joy. There, there are so many others that, it's such a blessing and, and such a joy to be with the Lord. You know, that verse also still highlights what we've been talking about, about relationships and mm-hmm. connections that we have. He might have been talking about his own physical children, but I don't really think so. He's talking about his children in the faith. I think he's talking about people yeah. who are Christians. And, and isn't it interesting that, that he would call them his children, people who he had taught? And so we are. We are brothers and sisters and moms and dads and children and grandchildren and and, you know, you, you have uh, a grandfather who taught your parents, who taught you, and you're going to teach your kids someday. And so we're all connected in that way. And it is like a family. We are part of, we are part of a family that is the, the most amazing family uh, in the world. Mm-hmm. And what a blessing it is to get to wherever I go in the world, I see people I have connections with people in the church. They they know somebody that I know, or they know somebody that, that I went to school with, or, or usually nowadays those are dangerous connections when you know somebody who you went to school yeah, with. Yeah, <laughs> usually nowadays I meet people and they say, "My like my I think my dad went to school with you." So, <laughs> you know how old you are. So I I kind of want to talk continue talking about that relationship aspect. Um, got a story if y'all don't mind me telling. Um, cause you mentioned God's family, the song, 
And so now I've, I've got to at least in part explain some of that. So there, there was an old lady, I think I've explained it in a previous episode. Um, so I'll keep it short this time, but if nothing else for your sake. Uh, so there's a, a woman in, in Durant by the name of uh, Opal Albright. I called her Opie. Uh, and she she raised up, oh goodness, she was, she was one of nine children, I believe. She had six or seven children, uh, has or had like 40 or 50 like grandchildren and then a lot of great grandchildren. I mean, just a, a legacy of, of love is really what it was. And she was at the point in her life when, when I got to meet her where she was uh, living in her own home, but she needed daily care and attention. Um, you know, she could, she could get around, she could walk, but, but over the course of those four or five years that I got to see her and know her, her health was declining, um, pretty, pretty steadily. And during, uh, during COVID, she actually passed away and, um, did it to me. It's your fault that I'm getting all emotional, Dylan, blaming you. Um, but anytime we would go there. Uh, it would be myself and Alyssa would go. This was prior to us dating. Uh, she would be there. Um, my current sister-in-law and brother-in-law would be there and, and a few other people. We would go and we'd just talk with her. She had some of the funniest stories, <laughs> some of the funniest stories. I'm going to tell one of them. But um, she always wanted to hear the song God's Family. Now, Dylan is aware. You are not. I am not, by any stretch of the imagination, an adequate singer. Like, I'm not even close to adequate. I am below adequate. So you couldn't be in the Bruce family, is that what you're saying? I no. <laughs> I all the Bruce family, they're all great singers. Yes, I no, I, I could not. I I cannot carry a tune in a bucket. So to say that, she loved hearing us sing. And she would tear up every time we sang God's family. And I refused to believe it was because I sounded good at that point, right? Like it was not. But she loved the song. And she loved the fact that I think there were you know, 20 year old punks coming to talk with her and spend time with her. She loved that. Well, she told us one day a story about Philip Sanders. You guys know Philip? Um, and (laughs) she's, so she used to watch him every morning on Sundays when she was unable to go to church. And so she finally got to meet Philip Sanders one day. Philip, I think came to Durant at one point and and went over and visited her at her house. And (laughs) she, she she went up to she goes, I wake up with you every morning. <laughs> and he he got so red in the face. Um but just just the sweetest, funniest, funniest lady. And um you know, it just but it goes to show that man, the church the church is great. It's it's cross generational, it's it's uh, it's multilingual, it is uh, across the world, it is it's God's church. Yeah. Well, one of the coolest things is because my wife actually grew up here at Keller, and now that I'm working here at Keller, there are so many um, of the, I wouldn't call them older women, but um, middle-aged women who are like moms to me and my wife here because they saw my wife grow up, and and um, and they, I have like 10 different moms here in this congregation, <laughs> and um, that's that's all part of the family. They're, they're looking out for us. They're, they're there. They're... Um, there so we can rely on that to encourage us um, just as we're kind of talked about at the beginning that we are to to give our burdens to the lord we're, we're also know, here for one another you know Dylan, that's a special blessing that those of us in ministry have because mm-hmm. like when our kids were young and like my grandkids now they're both grew up in preacher's homes and y'all's kids will too someday 
and you don't get to see their grandparents. You know, you we can't like we can't take off on a Sunday and go see the grandkids, and they can't mm-hmm. come here. And yeah, so Sundays were difficult days in a lot of ways. But but my kids had you know fifty grandmothers. You know that would yeah. would treat them just like they were their own grandchildren. So. That's a, I think that's a special blessing that ministers have. Absolutely, it is. You know, all, all this discussion kind of reminds me of Acts chapter two, um, you know, starting in verse forty-two, and the way the church should function, the the beauty of the church it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the number day by day those who were being saved. We live in DFW. A lot of our material needs are met. And so us selling our possessions to give to others is not, in my opinion, the most uh, logical thing for us to do when it comes to providing for one another. I think the providing for one another that we can do is that emotional uh, support, connection. It's the being with one another. Um, obviously, if there are some material needs, then yes, we we do need to provide those. Um, but but I think we have such an opportunity that sometimes we miss out on. But sometimes, as, as we've seen just today in the last you know thirty minutes or so, I mean. We get the nail right on the head, and we make those connections, and we build those relationships, and we do have things together and in common. And um, I think the way that God has designed His church to work is flawless. Yeah. And when we can take part in that flawless plan, then we're taking part in a flawless church. And yeah. I think that's so so exciting. What makes uh, friendships in, in Christ so beautiful is that uh, is the basis, the reason we have a friendship. Yeah. You know, the reason we're friends, the three of us, is because we're Christians, because we are in Christ. And I'm not saying we wouldn't be friends if we weren't in the church, but you think about, you know, 400 people in the church like Keller, and you have, what what would bring all those people together? I mean, they're <laughs> yeah. not the same. They don't do the same thing. They don't, they, From so many different walks of life. They not at all if they didn't, if it wasn't for Christ. And, yeah. Yeah. So that's what makes friendships in the church so uh, deep and so special because it's rooted and grounded in who we are in Christ. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, I think that about puts a wrap on our conversation. Um, that With a bow? Yeah. That put, puts the bow on it. <laughs> That's my go-to <laughs> phrase for, for wrapping it up. We put a bow on it. Um, but uh, it's such a strong point that it's it's the, the commonality that we have is in Christ. and. Yeah. One more verse to, to echo that is Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. Yeah. Um, once I flip over there. Um, okay, Philippians chapter 2, verse 2 um, says, and this is Paul writing to the church of Philippi, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And, and that one mind he's talking about is, is that we have one mind and agreeance in, in Jesus is Christ. Jesus is the Christ. He's the Savior. Um, that we have the, the same love that we get from Christ, the, the love that he exemplified, the love that he first gave to us. Um, when we have that commonality, that's what Paul is saying is completing his joy. Um, so it, it's just, 
it's such a unique, yes, it is. unique thing. So yeah. Well, um, Jeff, we we appreciate you coming over here uh, early to to talk with us and uh, to share your wisdom with us and your joy. Thank you. And, it's great to be with you guys, and yeah. thanks for what y'all are doing. This is a great podcast, and I uh, hope a lot of people. We'll uh, keep listening and appreciate what y'all are doing. We're, we're grateful for anybody that wants to listen to us. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that's that's goes back to your very first point about, you know, what your joy was. So um, anyway, we, we, we appreciate you coming out. We are very grateful for that. And uh, we ask any any listeners to continue listening for the next little bit. You can see how to help us. All right. Thank you all very much. Love you all. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Conversations podcast. I want to tell you about a couple of ways in which you can be involved or help us out. You can like us on Facebook and share our posts. You can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can even leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also partnering with Ministry League. This is a wonderful app full of so many different resources to help you grow your faith. We love you all. Now let's go start a conversation.